This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Moments brought to you by 105.9 The Region and hosted by yours truly, Phil McCabe. This show is, in my opinion, designed to share as many stories about mental health as humanly possible and really delve into what mental health means. And sometimes that brings us to investments in mental health, which is why I've got a a guest here. Before I introduce the guest, I'd like to talk about these investments in mental health. $36 million investment for mental health support for Indigenous communities. Now, again, I'm no expert on these things, but that's why I bring in guests. Joining me today is the Associate Minister of Health and York Region MPP, Michael Tobolo. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, When I reached out to your office to talk about the mobile mental health clinics, I was told you were unavailable because you were at a different announcement. So that brings me to this next announcement. Ontario is investing $36 million into community-led mental health and addiction supports for Indigenous communities across the province. When you think of what they've gone through from the standpoint of trauma, from the standpoint of the residential schools and the intergenerational issues that they're facing, all you need to do is visit one uh, Indigenous community and you'll see The people are amazing people, but they've been dealt a hand um, unlike any other population in Canada and in in Ontario. Um, I have visited every corner. I mean, I've been as far north as uh, Sandy Lake on the opposite side on the James Bay coast to uh, uh, Fort Albany, uh, you know, uh, uh, Pekanjikam. I've been across the far north and Sagamuk and the communities of the Manitoulin Island. Um, amazing people, but they've been dealt a terrible hand. So I'm extremely touched, moved by the fact that finally a government has recognized that these individuals need help. And the help is not help that we need to give them by telling them how to fix the problems we created. We need to help them use their skills to fix the problems we created. And by that, I mean looking at things like Indigenous teachings land-based healing, um, and, 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 and training individuals that have lost their culture and lost their language, training them to utilize the, the very skills and, and their history and traditions, um, their medicines, their spirituality to help other Indigenous people. And that's what these investments are all about. It's empowering the Indigenous people to fix the problems. And I, you know, again, I don't want to lay blame anywhere. Fix the problems we created. Because in in effect, if we would have let them go forward with their understanding, their teaching, um, and I think, I believe, the problems would not have been as exacerbated as they have been over the history of of our country. I'm a certified addictions counselor. And I'm certified also in Indigenous, uh, Indigenous spirituality and Indigenous teachings. To me, it's foundational to the work that I used to do as an addictions counselor before becoming minister. A person understands his own being, who he is, and utilizes his strengths to basically go forward and, and, and look after himself and, and, and uh, be the best human being he could be. So that, that has always been for me extremely important. 
um, coming to the ministry and having the opportunity to meet with, you know, the grand chiefs and and the chiefs in different parts of the province, Akwesasne, uh, you know, in in, in uh, uh, Chippewa and, and and all the different areas that I've traveled in the south, uh, the middle of the province, in the north. I recognized, and our governments recognized that we need to do more to help rebuild the trust, rebuild the hope, and give the opportunities that are rightfully the rights and 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 and. and you know, the, the, the duty, the, the, the goodness, recognize the goodness in, in the Indigenous people and give them the opportunities to, to fix these problems. So I'm, I'm very happy with the investments that are being made. They will go a long way in starting what I think is the reconciliation, the road to reconciliation. Um, it, it's not enough. Uh, but then again, in mental health and addictions, no matter how much we invest, it's not enough. You can't have a, a, a vacation or a hiatus of, of 10 or 15 years of, of neglect in a system and think that you can fix all the problems in one, two, or even four years. We have a lot more work to do in all areas, especially in Indigenous, but there are other marginalized communities that truly need our help and, and we need to do more. And we are. There's a lot to unpack there. And I appreciate how impassioned you are. It, it's obvious from your expressions, from your face, from your tone, that this is something that means a lot to you. But there's something that I, I wanted to ask you, thinking back to the the conception of residential schools and the residential school si- system, the the government and the church were asking these indigenous communities to to trust them and that, you know, this is for the better. We're, we're trying our best. So my question to you is, what would you say to someone that is leery of taking part in this program as a direct result of, you know, the last time we trusted you, this happened? What would you say? Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting that you said that because I had that conversation with the Grand Chief of uh, one of the communities in Northern Ontario, just outside of Timmins. And, and he said, to, he, we, had the, we were having a conversation and I finished the conversation by saying, I have one concern. And my concern is that I, I, I'm afraid that I'm instilling hope in you and building trust and that I'm not going to deliver. So I want you to be skeptical about what I'm saying and let me prove to you through my work not my words, what we're going to do. And I, 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 he looked at me because I don't think he expected me to say that. You know, reckon to me, when someone says to me, what's reconciliation? It's a simple thing. It's empowerment. And what I want to do, so when you say, how are they going to trust me? I don't want them to trust me. I hope over time we're friends and, and they will trust in me from the standpoint of knowing that I'm not going to turn my back. But I think the most important thing that we can do, and, and that's why when someone says to me reconciliation, I say empowerment. Let's empower them with the money, not necessarily the tools, because the tools are theirs already. But let's empower them with the money to give them the opportunity to develop the tools that, that, it had, that existed long before we ever learned anything about or knew anything about residential therapeutic communities or bed-based treatment. They were doing it hundreds of years before us, but they lost all that because of our interference with their heritage, cultures, and language. If we can help them bring that back by empowering them, I think what we'll do is we'll see that the trust will build because they will see the resiliency they are able to build in themselves and the fact that we're not interfering 
with the building of that resiliency. And I bet, I hope I live to be, I hope I live to see this, right? Because things take time to, to develop. But I bet you we'll see that they will become an economic engine in and of themselves, whether it be in tourism, whether it be in construction, whatever sector they decide to focus in on. I've already started to see those pieces coming together, whether it's up in Wiki and Manitoulin Island, or some of the things that I've seen in Aquasasne, some of the other projects in Sagamuk. Um, you know what? We need to give them the ability. We have to get out of their way, but we have to help them because we've cost them a lot and we need to help them rebuild that confidence in themselves and allow them to you know, enable them to um, to do the things that need to be done. And, and, and that's the right thing to do, not to try to tell them what to do, which is unfortunately, you know, our, our, our sad history in this country. Yeah, and the way you're wording that to me is the framework for this is the, finally the man, the government, is putting aside this savior complex and giving the indigenous communities, the the tools to to prop themselves up and really, you know, right wrongs of the past. The reality is we will never fix mental health issues unless we get a, an understanding of spirituality. And the spirituality, I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about our relationship with the environment, our relationship with each other. If you look and read the spiritual teachings of Indigenous people and their intrinsic motivation based on the teachings of the grandfathers, what you will learn real quick is that these are lessons that are foundational mm -hmm. and we should be teaching and instilling in every child that's going through the educational system because they are the, pre you know, the, pre the, 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 the beginning of things like mindfulness. They're the beginning of things like respect hope, trust, bravery, you know, the teachings of the seven grandfathers. I believe they have the solution that's going to help us. And that's going to be the irony of ironies that we're actually going to start relying more and more on them to help us with the problems that we also have in our society, just because of, uh, of you know, how it's grown and how things have developed. When I was covering municipal politics, there was a whole lot of decision A upsets person B and so on and so forth. The example I always used when talking about any municipal um, meeting was, you know, they're spending money on road A, but there's a, a citizen that lives on that road that's now upset by the decision because it means that more people will speed because the road is now fixed and you can boogie down that road. But where I'm going with this tangent is what would you say to someone that presents one of those theoretical whataboutisms, one of those, you know, why are you spending money on this, but I have this problem over here? So 70% of the people in the province of Ontario have some kind of a mental health issue that began in childhood or adolescence. If those were assessed and diagnosed, uh, that number would be substantially less. Now, that's 70% of the population. One, it used to be one in five. I believe it's dropped downtown. One in three have a mental health or uh, addiction issue. Anxiety and depression and all the mental health subclasses of, 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 uh, of illnesses 
um, affect every single person in this province, either directly or indirectly through family. No one in the three years that I've been in this ministry or two and a half, no one has ever said to me, Tobol, you're spending too much. What they're coming back and saying to me is, thank God somebody finally understands the needs that have been overlooked for, de- for a, at least a decade and investing in making people feel better. At the end of the day, this is foundational to everything. You know, you go to a sports ga- uh, game, you go to uh, school, you go to work, you go, you know, you have a family, you've got kids. There's a mental health component to absolutely everything you do in life. And so if we don't look after the mental health of the people in this province, nothing, no other strategies are going are gonna, to, um, so this isn't about building a highway that, you know, only the people that live in Vaughan are going to use. This is about establishing a system of, and a connected system that's been non-existent of mental health supports, right? It's like saying, you know, let's not build another hospital because we've got enough hospitals. Let the guy drive to get help. I mean, I can't even say that because we don't have enough, we don't have the infrastructure in mental health. So I don't think uh, anyone, and I, I have yet to meet a person, if there's someone that, that's upset, that's listening to this uh, 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 broadcast, what I'd like, I'd love to listen and hear what it is that the person would be upset about. The money that's being invested is being invested in all those different things, right? Think about it, uh, uh, children and in, in, in youth, MCCSS, education, uh, the amount of money, $27 million, just to hire more people to work and provide supports to the kids, addiction and treatment centers, uh, structured psychotherapy. I mean, this is a, a, a web, a net of, of supports that really keeps society safe and whole. And if we're going to spend any money on anything, isn't it a priority to make sure that the people of this province are healthy physically but again, I got to say, more importantly, mentally. You know, what a perfect point to end on. Minister Tabola, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, any future investments, you are more than welcome back, even to just converse about mental health. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Anytime, Phil. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to the people. That'll do it for Mental Health Moments, one of the wonderful podcasts right here on Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. If you want to listen to us on the go, you can download any of our podcasts on multiple platforms. You can get it on Apple. You can get it on Spotify. You can get it on Google. You can get it really wherever you want. If you or someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, Music Director at 105.9 The Region. Whether it's a brand new talent or an established artist, we bring you conversations with performers from York Region and beyond. Today I thank you.
with Today I by 14-year-old singer-songwriter Ida Maria Carriero. Vivantine is also a dancer, an actress, and a motivational speaker for youth mental health, and was recently crowned Miss Teenage York Region 2021. Hi, Ida Maria. Thank you for joining me on New Music on the Region podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. So you are a singer, a dancer, and an actress. Is performing something you always wanted to do? Yes, yeah, so definitely. My biggest dream is to actually be on Broadway. And a little bit more about me is that I'm a really big musical theater fan ever since I was a little girl, which is why I incorporated both singing, dancing, and acting. Just because when you do go to Broadway, you need all those three genres in order to be in Broadway. And my biggest dream role is to definitely be Alphaba in Wicked the Musical or Dawn for the musical Waitress. It's been one of my biggest dreams since I was a little girl. And when I started watching Hairspray and all those other musicals, I just really fell in love with it. It's definitely something I want to do in the future. And you recently released your first original song called Today I. What was the inspiration behind that song? Yes, so this was a really exciting release for me because it was my first ever original song. And this song is super important and special to me because I do suffer from a generalized anxiety disorder, which is a constant worry about everything and anything. And in that song, it basically talks about although what I did go through was a really hard and traumatic moment in my life, it did make me the person I am today. And I do want to show everyone in the song and the message in the song is basically that our struggle or whatever we're struggling with do not define us so i really tried to bring it out in the song and i hope you all really enjoy it it's an amazing song for me and uh, i really enjoyed writing it today i stand here tall and strong before you i have become the person you see to hell with you And you started the solo project during a pandemic. How has it been for you um, going into the studio and writing new music? So it was definitely really fun. It was my first ever original song. So it did take a really long process to really get the vibe of the song together. But I really think that COVID kind of helped with my writing process just because I know that my anxiety ever since COVID, um, sometimes my days with my anxiety gets worse. And I feel that it was the right time to really release the song, especially during the pandemic. Just to let everyone know that you're not alone and that there's always going to be someone ready to listen to you. And you are also a youth motivational speaker and creator of the Youth Empowering Youth Mental Health Program. What inspired you to start the program? Yes, that's a very good question. So just the past year, I decided to create a mental health program called Youth Empowering Youth because ever since COVID, basically, we've all been really struggling. And I know me personally dealing with my anxiety, it has definitely had its moments where it did get its worst. And what I wanted to create was a fun and safe space virtually for young girls ages 9 to 13 to just come and have a chat with us. We talk about different topics 
for example, we talked about body image, eating disorders, anxiety, and depression. And we are hoping to actually go to the school board system this year to actually go into the schools and actually talk about it. But recently, we just started doing it virtually, and we are about to start it again really, really soon. So if you follow me on my Instagram at edamarie underscore performs, you can definitely know more information on how to sign up. Will you be hosting the classes or will there be guest speakers as well? So, yes. So I will be hosting this event, although I will be having lots of guest speakers for every single session. And we're also going to be incorporating the arts because for me, something that's really helped me with my anxiety is the arts. And I kind of don't think I would be where I am today without the arts or overcome my anxiety as much as the arts have really inspired me. So we do have guest speakers, but we also have different fun art things that we do. We sing a song, maybe do a little dance, because I believe that the arts can be your medication to whatever you're struggling with. Today, I is your first solo release. Are you currently working on any other music or projects? Yes, definitely. I'm really working on starting another original song. And I'm really excited because one of my goals at the end of the year, early next year, is to actually release an EP or an album. And also another thing that I just remembered is that there will also be a music video for Today I that will be released by the end of this year, which I'm super excited about. And will that video be available on your YouTube channel? Yes, it will be available on my YouTube channel. You can follow it at Ida Maria Loves Dance 21. You can find all my covers, music videos, but I will also link it in my Instagram, my YouTube, and the link in the description. So let's recap where PIN listeners follow you and where they could get more information on the Youth Empowering Youth Mental Health Program. Yes, definitely. So you can actually find Today I by Ida Marie on all streaming platforms. But you can find more about me and upcoming events or my Youth Empowering Youth series when it will be launching. You can find it on my Instagram at edamarie underscore performs. And you can also follow my TikTok at i underscore carriero, C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O. It was great speaking with you, Ida Maria. Thank you for joining me on New Music on the Region podcast. Thank you so much. New music. New music on 1059 The Region.
Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com. 